from Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Please be seated. First, some background. We've been moving through the Gospel of Matthew and now today we've jumped back quite a bit towards the beginning. Just before this, Jesus had called his disciples and then he'd been out and about sharing the good news of the kingdom and bringing new life to the sick. Crowds had been flocking to him, bringing those in need of healing. They followed him everywhere. He was immersed in their pain and their grief and their worry. So now at the beginning of today's gospel, he pulls himself away from the crowds, up a mountain, maybe to reflect on all that's happened and what's to come, maybe to simply catch his breath for a moment. We don't know for sure, but he goes up the mountain and the disciples follow him. And as he sits there with them, I can almost hear Jesus sigh as he breaks his gaze from the crowd in the valley below to turn toward the disciples, toward the leaders he is shaping. He gathers his thoughts about what he's seeing, about what he's feeling, and he begins to speak blessing out into the world. He blesses the poor, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, Jesus had just been among that exact demographic. As seminary professor Osvaldo Vena teaches, the phrase poor in spirit refers to those with low social standing, low social standing, either due to misfortune or injustice. So in other words, the people who are poor in spirit are those at the bottom of the societal heap who have little to no control over their lives or their future. In Jesus' day, the poor in spirit were the monetarily poor, the sick, those without community or family, women, children, foreigners. And those, of course, were the folks that Jesus notoriously spent time with. But who are they today? Today, I imagine that the poor in spirit are indigenous people who've been removed from the lands that they know and care for. Refugees fleeing violence. Differently abled and neurodivergent folks trying to move through a world not designed to support them. People of color experiencing daily microaggressions. Trans kids who have been kicked out of their homes. The poor in spirit do not need pity. 
They need resources and a voice at the table. And to these, Jesus speaks blessing. Those who mourn, Vignette reminds us, is, are not those who are experiencing personal grief, though God certainly cares for people experiencing personal grief, but refers to those who lament the state of the world and how far we are from the fullness of God's kingdom. The mourners are those whose eyes are open and whose hearts break open to the pain around them, praying for the power to make a difference or for someone with power to make a difference. As I think about this group, I can't help but think about the Israel-Hamas war right now. It's easy to see this situation as binary, as this or that, rather than as both and, and completely complicated and messy. But just as we remember on this day that we are somehow 100% sinner and 100% saint, not just one or the other, so there is brokenness all around in this war. One can condemn the horrific attacks of the Hamas as inhumane and unacceptable and believe that Israel has the right to defend itself from terrorism and demand its hostages back and and say that the Israeli government's oppression of Palestinians for decades and continued oppression of civilians through specific actions of this war are also unacceptable and say that people who are protesting this oppression are not being anti-Semitic, they're speaking out their truth against oppression, and say that anti-Semitism nevertheless is a real evil in our world that must be stopped. It's complicated and it's messy. And rarely is any situation as one-sided as this world insists on thinking that it is. Those who mourn are those who see all of this and hold all of it in tension as they cry out, this is not how the kingdom of heaven is meant to look. To these, as well as to all who suffer violence and despair because of the lack of kingdom living in the world, Jesus speaks blessing. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness These are those who've been told that they are not in good relationship with God, but they are desperate to be. Think of all those folks that Jesus cured. There was a history of the religious elite telling those folks that their illnesses were their own fault, connected to their sins. People were told that they weren't good enough to be loved by God or that anything wrong in their life was a result of their faithlessness. Good thing that doesn't still happen today. Jesus speaks blessing to these, acknowledging that they are in fact deeply loved by God and that God doesn't work within the same punitive framework as the world. God operates out of delight in and grace for God's creation. To those on the outside, to those who can't see a way out, to those begging for a different world, to those walking wounded who have been harmed by the very ones who claim to be God's people, Jesus extends blessing. And in each of those pronouncements, Jesus declared worth to those who had been deemed worthless. He honored what the world tried to shame. He gathered in those who had been left out. The first half of this list is about those who are seeing and experiencing the gap 
between what the world currently is and what God's kingdom is meant to be. And the point of the Beatitudes, as this list is sometimes called, is not that the oppressed and heartbroken and lonely are simply meant to like buck up and find happiness in their hardship. Rather, it's a call to accountability to those who must do the work to close the gap. And this is where the second half of the list comes in as Jesus blesses the merciful, the poor in heart, or the pure in heart, the peacemakers, and those who are persecuted. It's almost as if Jesus shouts down those first blessings out into the valley, into the crowds below, and then turns to his disciples, and now he speaks blessing to them as a way of sending them back down the mountain to do something about all of that. He blesses them because he knows that their work will require his blessing. Jesus speaks blessing to them as they will be merciful. Mercy is mentioned over 300 times in scripture. We hear that God is merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. Of course, God's kingdom can only come when mercy is practiced. To be merciful literally means to forgive or mend breaks in relationship or debts in relationship. Mercy is lived out as Jesus' disciples work to reconcile relationships to extend forgiveness, to help folks reconnect to community. Mercy is healing, a fresh start. Mercy puts the body of Christ back together anywhere that it has been broken. Jesus speaks blessing to them as they will be pure in hearts. This one's tricky. Purity is often thought of as staying clean or perfect and is unfortunately tied only to sexuality. Purity culture has certainly done some harm to a lot of folks, particularly if you find yourself in my generation. But being pure of heart actually means having our thoughts and our feelings, all of our thoughts and our feelings, attuned to the things of God. The disciples will most be able to live out the kingdom of heaven when they are grounded in the divine. When they start from that place and work only from that place, when they make time to tap into the relationship with the one who is calling and blessing them, then they will be attuned to God as they go out and about. Jesus speaks blessing to them as they will be peacemakers. The term peacemaker was reserved for Roman emperors who established Pax Romana, Roman peace, which of course was only accomplished through brute force and domination. Jesus calls new peacemakers to function in a very different way. Peace will be shalom, a holistic well-being. It cannot come from violence, for violence is fracturing. Peacemakers strive for meaningful human existence for all which will only come from rubbing against the ways of the empire, which is probably why Jesus' last blessing is for those who will be persecuted. Because doing the work of God's kingdom is downright dangerous, friends. For many reasons, the world bucks hard at revolutions of love. The people in the first half of the list Those in need of Jesus' ministry and kingdom are those experiencing oppression with no way to opt out of it. 
The people in the second half of the list, those sent to extend Jesus' ministry and kingdom, can opt out at any time to avoid persecution, but choose to stay anyway so that everyone can experience hope and life. Both groups might be hurting, but the persecuted recognize how crucial their role is to help the oppressed. That is how privilege is meant to work. And so to these as well, Jesus speaks blessing. Now again, because things are rarely as binary and one-sided as the world insists they are, let's remember one more time that we are all simultaneously saint and sinner. We can be two things at once. So at any given moment, we might find ourselves the ones in the valley or the ones called down the mountain. We are somehow both always in need of blessed ministry and also those blessed to do the ministry. So today, if you are hurting, if you have been told that somehow you are outside of God's love and grace, if you can't possibly imagine climbing out of the hole you have found yourself in, receive Jesus' blessing over you. You matter. You are beloved. The kingdom of heaven belongs to you. And if you are the one working to undo the harm that you see around you and you are exhausted, if you are unsure if you can possibly make a difference in this world, but you are sure you need to try, if you believe that the way of the empire is never going to be the way of true peace that we need, receive Jesus' blessing over you today. You are called and you are beloved. No matter which one you are in this moment, Jesus sees you. He joins you in the crowded valley or he sits with you on the mountain. In no circumstance are you left alone. You, my friends, are blessed. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for your kingdom. We beg that it would come near, and yet we also recognize that somehow, even though you will bring it, we are also part of ushering it in. Help those who mourn, those who are hungry, those who are poor in spirit, to know that they are blessed and beloved. Help those who are ready to be merciful peacemakers, those ready to do the work, to know that they are blessed. Be with us all now, your saints, your beloved, as we move out into the world. In Jesus' name.